global bond and stock markets are rallying this morning, despite attempts yesterday by Fed Chair Jerome Powell to downplay chances of a rate cut in March. All eyes instead are on losses in US commercial property for two banks, and the chances the Fed will have to help out at some stage. That's coming up in our five things in five minutes. And then in our deep dive interview, ANZ economist Diraj Nim details a key reason for India's economic outperformance. Government investment at 20-year highs in its budget overnight. This one part will continue to robustly support the infrastructure buildup in the economy as well as crowd in the private sector. But first in 5 and 5 with ANZ, bond yields have fallen sharply overnight despite the Fed hosing down talk of a rate cut in March. More on that later. Markets are focused on something else, the risk the Fed may have to intervene to help some banks. That's after a small US bank, New York Community Bank Corp, reported big losses on US commercial property and slashed its dividend. Its share price has almost halved in the two days following that shock announcement. And also in Japan, Alzora Bank, also reported big losses on U.S. commercial property, triggering a 20% slump in its share price. The U.S. 10-year yield fell a further 9 basis points to 3.86% overnight. The 5-year fell to its lowest level since June, 3.75%, also down 9 basis points. All that helped drive up U.S. stocks by about 0.8% this morning. These lower U.S. interest rates made the U.S. dollar relatively less attractive overnight, And that saw the Aussie dollar rise from 65.22 US cents in Asian trade yesterday to 65.65 US cents at 5am Sydney Melbourne time. The Kiwi rose from 60.86 US cents to 61.36 US cents. Here's ANZ head of FX research, Marjabin Zaman, on those issues with the two banks. The first one was New York Community Bank, COP, and Azura, which is the Japanese bank, is the second one. So it's really around the commercial real estate market in the U.S. that has been hit as rising borrowing costs have hit valuations, especially office property. Number two, last night's falls in bond yields and a rise in expectations for a Fed cut in March to back over 40% was in contrast to the message yesterday from Fed Chair Jerome Powell, who was at pains in his press conference to push back against the idea of a March cut. I don't think it's likely that the committee will reach a level of confidence by the time of the March meeting to identify March as the time to do that, but that's to be seen. Number three, markets appear to be out of line with the Fed's thinking, as they are in Australia and New Zealand. Marjabin says there's plenty of water to go under the bridge before the Fed's next decision in March. Between now and the March meeting, uh, there are two sets of inflation data coming out, uh, two sets of job numbers coming out, and a lot can change in this time. So, you know, as with Powell keeping optionality, while we don't think March will, will be when he decides to cut rates, likely will be middle of the year or Q3 rather. Um, but I think that optionality will remain and will be will shift according to incoming data as it has been over the past uh, weeks as well. Number four. In Australia, retail spending fell in January from December, according to the ANZ Observed Spending Series. That fall is normal in the month after the big sales and as consumers cut back to pay off their December spending sprees. But the overall fall was slightly less than the previous year. However... 
the weakest section remains fashion, as ANZ Australia economist Maddie Dunk explains. So we're seeing that categories like fashion, for example, are very soft at the moment. Fashion retailing is down about 11% compared to this time last year. And that's something we've seen in our ANZ Observed Spending data, but also in the ABS retail sales. It's shown that yearly growth in fashion retailing, so spending on clothing and footwear and these types of things has been relatively subdued. Number five. Meanwhile, in the Philippines, growth slowed in the fourth quarter of 2023, but not as much as expected, as ANZ economist Debeli Kasaka explains. Investment growth was robust. It was at double-digit growth, and there was a slight acceleration in uh, private consumption spending. Uh, This, too, uh, anchored growth, uh, while government consumption spending contracted, and uh, there was a drag from the net external demand component. Debali Kasaka there. Now, in our Deep Dive interview, ANZ economist Diraj Nim spoke with us this morning from Bengaluru on India's pre-election budget overnight. It surprised everyone by forecasting tighter government spending on staff and subsidies and the biggest infrastructure spending in 20 years. India is now forecasting a deficit of 5.1% in the coming year. That's down from 5.8% reported in the previous year. Here's Diraj on that surprising tightness on staff spending and subsidies. First of all, we we looked at the subsidy bill for the government. It's been rationalized, so it was at about 1.4% of GDP. It's being reduced to about 1.2% of GDP in FY25. And the remaining cutback, you know, in the revenue spending is probably happening in a broad-based manner across ministries. So there seems to be a general thrust on reducing the revenue spending so that capital spending can be showed up. And uh, just looking at the market reaction, how have bond markets and currency markets reacted? Well, currency market reaction was more or less subdued, but bond markets reacted very, very positively. At some point, the benchmark 10-year yield was down by about 10 basis points as market you know, heard the finance minister say that they're going for an aggressive fiscal deficit consolidation embedded within which is also a lower borrowing program. So the bond markets have taken it very, very positively. And we will think that, you know, coming just ahead of the index inclusion in June, this will actually build up momentum in, in debt flows. And how has this changed your view on what the Reserve Bank of India will do? Look, the overall message from the budget is that uh, they want to be fiscally prudent. They are very sincere about their medium-term fiscal deficit targets, so they had to cut back on spending. Now, a cutback on spending also means that it's it's a negative fiscal impulse to both growth and inflation, which means that it creates space for the Reserve Bank of India to undertake deeper rate cutting cycle. Now, we're expecting about 100 basis points cumulative rate cuts, higher than about 50 basis points than we were expecting before. We expect the rate cutting cycle to begin somewhere in early Q3 uh, 2024. And the risk is that, you know, if food disinflation quickens, it could begin sooner than our current expectations. So yes, it paves way for monetary easing because the budget overall will be non-inflationary, perhaps even a bit disinflationary uh, to some extent. You mentioned the uh, strong infrastructure investment. What sort of infrastructure is the government spending on or where is that money going to? 
All sorts of, to be honest. I mean, there's a lot of building up of roads, ports, railway lines, uh, rural infrastructure. So I believe this infrastructural uh, spending is very broad-based. And what what expectation do you have about um, GDP growth, therefore, for the next uh, couple of years? So there are two aspects to it. The first aspect is that, look, India has structurally become a stronger economy. The growth fundamentals have improved in the aftermath of the pandemic. But that does not mean that India can escape, you know, the the vagaries of a business cycle. We're expecting growth to slow to about 6.2% in FY25. And and two two reasons behind that are, one, private consumption is weak. And all high-frequency indicators are portending a soberer trajectory ahead for private consumption. And the second is that we're not expecting a significant upturn in exports because the external demand outlook is also weak. Adding to this from today's budget is also a somewhat negative fiscal impulse to growth. So given all of this, we expect a cyclical slowdown in India to occur in FY25, taking growth to about 6.2%. Diraj Nim there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Friday, February the 2nd. Catch you on Monday with the latest from US non-farm payrolls figures, which are expected to show growth in January of about 184,000. That's down from 216,000 in December. This podcast contains general information only, not investment advice. You should obtain advice for your personal circumstances before making any investment decisions. Please view the podcast disclaimer available via your media player or email.